What's up, game geeks and tech junkies? Welcome to A Gaming Moment, a weekly 30-minute podcast about everything gaming and streaming related, including the news, tech, and software behind it. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram so you can engage with us, as well as find out when we're streaming the podcast and get a first listen before it goes out across all of your favorite podcasting platforms. I'm Dagan07, and with me, as always, is Wild Twins Fan. So, Wild, you mentioned in last week's episode that you were going to pick up Fall Guys, and I caved in and got it for PlayStation 4, mainly because it was free. But I wanted to hear your thoughts about it versus my initial experience. Yeah, Dave, Fall Guys has been hugely popular, and it's consistently topping the Twitch charts since its release. Dr. Disrespect, after bashing it on his comeback stream. Fall Guys with XQC. (laughs) Boom. And win. Okay. All right. You guys were spamming this game in the chat. You guys not know this channel's about violence, speed, and momentum? I'm gone for a month and a half, and this is where things have gone. Yep, so even Doc caved in and played it on stream. I actually caught a stream of the video replay on Doc's channel, and I have to admit, I watched it all. I've never actually watched much of PewDiePie, so I wasn't quite sure how the dynamic was going to go between the two, but it was great. No holds barred. He was giving it to Doc. Beauty is live! Jesus! Tell him I got diarrhea and then we'll figure out how to... It's going to take us 45 minutes to send friend requests. I guarantee it, ladies and gentlemen. Doc is like, he's a bit of a boomer. I understand it. A bit of a boomer. Listen, I don't need help from you guys. Yeah, you do. I I don't even know which stream I'm on anymore. This is so fucking confusing. I know, and he's calling me boomer. (laughs) All right, Doc, if you're struggling. No, I'm not. Which I assume you are. I'm not. Because you're old and I get it. I am not old. (laughs) Just write me your Discord now. Yeah, he partnered up with PewDiePie since he can't play with other Twitch streamers, apparently. And Doc and PewDiePie, they had over 320,000 viewers, while the entire game on Twitch had over 280,000 viewers. And that's powerful if you're Twitch. Two people on a completely different platform had more viewers on the same game that's topping your charts. The game itself is a hoot, and to be honest, I thought it was going to be a stupid game. I was intrigued with the Battle Royale type setup, winner takes all, when I first saw it. After watching a few streamers play it, I thought it would be fun with our friends on kind of like a non-PUBG night. Not as much skill based, but certainly luck plays a big factor in the game. To me it looked really chill and mindless, something you can just hang out and play and talk and BS with your friends, or even just talk with your stream, without it actually consuming your full attention. It's a nice change of pace from PUBG, or sweaty tryhard matches in COD. Admittedly, the game was actually really fun. The chaos that ensues and the different types of minigames keeps the game very interesting. Every life is never the same life. Although it is sometimes aggravating when you're on a crap team on the team-based minigames, but I, that's my only real gripe to the actual gameplay itself. Outside of that, my only other gripe is that the game is not cross-platform compatible. But the devs have come out and said that it's not completely out of the scope. Mediatonic made a statement that said, at launch, we won't have crossplay. It's something we really want to do in the future. 
let us know on Discord if, if it's something you are super excited about so we can prioritize what we work on next. Yeah, the cross-platform complaint is a solid gripe, but I think it's a must in today's vast multiplayer battle royale games. We haven't got to play it yet with our core group of friends, but I can only imagine the amount of rage that would ensue between everyone. I do think this game needs a social piece to it. For me, it'll be a blast to play with our friends, and grouping up in Discord will help, to a point, until someone dies. I think there also needs to be like a consolation round or some chance to get back into the game, maybe like a gulag. I feel like not having that social piece is hurting the game experience. Like basically playing solo, right? Yeah, I think you're missing a little of that special sauce that makes a game amazing. I think the potential is there for a great game. Right now, it's just a little feature poor, but still fun, at least for a little while. Yeah, I think if they had power-ups or boosters on some levels, like, you know, think Mario Party or Mario Party. There's some people that like to call it that. I think that would greatly improve the dynamic of the game, but the levels themselves are actually pretty darn good. And this is definitely not a game to play when you've had too many adult beverages. And man, I tell you what though, there's a level with some rising Pepto-Bismol looking liquid that you have to avoid, and that is my kryptonite right now. I have yet to make it to the end of that level, sober or drunk yet. I know that level, it's ridiculously difficult. The level that I despise the most right now is Hoarders. In a team-based Hoarders, you have to be sure that you don't have the fewest balls in your zone when the timer runs out. This is a game's a free-for-all, and I've struggled to find teams or tactics that work. There's no chat, there's no communication, so it's just a toss-up. I do have a favorite level. So far, it's Dizzy Heights, which is a simple race level with spinning platforms to leap onto. As you race to the finish line, try and jump to the arrows going in the direction you want. Hit it just right, and you'll be far in front of the masses. So far, my favorite little game is Fall Ball, which is basically soccer or Rocket League. You have a couple balls that drop out of the sky, and the goal is to get them in the opponent's goal, and I think it's really fun. But is this a game that everyone should get? I mean, it depends on how you take challenging and aggravating situations. Personally, I think it's a hell of a fun game, and everyone should at least give it a try. I played it on PlayStation, like I said, and it can be a bit buggy when trying to find a match. Several times I received a network connection error, but once you were in game, everything worked super. You just have to keep dismissing that network connection error and restarting the match search, but other than that, it's super solid. And the best part is this game is not too resource intensive on PC, so you won't need NVIDIA's unconfirmed but leaked RTX 3090 to play it. Yeah, Dave. Micron, one of the companies that supplies the chips to NVIDIA, inadvertently released a PDF file that has since been taken down, with the specs on it that basically confirmed the RTX 3090. I was only able to catch a glimpse of this before it was actually taken down, but here's what we know. Unless NVIDIA changes something between now and the unveiling, the GeForce RTX 3090 will have 12 gigabytes of GDDR6X memory clocked at somewhere between 19 and 21 gigabits per pin. More than likely, it's going to be 21 gigabits because they're pushing the number 21 so hard. This is the 21st anniversary of the GeForce 256, the world's first GPU, according to NVIDIA, who coined the GPU acronym for the occasion. And there's also a 21-day countdown going on on the site right now. Add that to the specs for Micron and 21 gigabits per second is effectively confirmed. But we'll see what the actual specs and bench tests say after it's released and confirmed. This GPU is going to be a beast, but at the projected launch price of 1500 to two grand, ouch. 
This is no consumer-grade GPU. It'll cost more than most people's PCs. I know a lot of people who were waiting on the release of these graphics cards. Now, I'm not so sure if they're going to go with this new series or if they'll go with the 20 series, considering the current projected price point. Hopefully, they also launch some more cost-effective tiers similar to the 2060s and 2070s. I know I'm looking at building a new PC next year. I'll be picking up a new GPU at some point, but not right away. Even if I build my new PC, my 1070 will hold its own quite well. So it's not a big worry for me. I'm sure I'll gain some FPS just from the computer upgrade alone. And not to mention, we still know even less about AMD's new Big Navi RDNA 2. I've also got NVIDIA's RTX Voice to work on my current 10 series card. And it's pretty amazing. Interesting to see if AMD tries to compete on that level too. But to be honest, I'm a bit of an NVIDIA fanboy, so we'll have to see what AMD can actually do. I want to upgrade too, and this does affect my decision. I'm quite partial to Team Red myself, but if they don't offer a card with ray tracing and some sort of dedicated streaming chip similar to NVENC, I might have to go with Team Green on this one. So Wildy, what else did you see this week? Well, Dave, who doesn't love those wacky Canadians? Ryan Reynolds may be our favorite Canadian. You mean after Celine Dion? She's a dang national treasure for crying out loud. Oh yeah, oh yeah, of course there, bud. I meant our favorite Canadian actor. Anyways, Reynolds started his own streaming service. Apparently every tech company needs a streaming service, so introducing the world's most affordable streaming service, what we lack in selection we make up for in the price. Ryan dropped a Mint Mobile Plus video on his personal YouTube channel this week, hyping the service. 80 minutes of video in its full 2003 DVD quality. Man, I love Ryan Reynolds. Not gonna lie, I'd probably go gay for him. But now that we got that public confession out of the way, he and or his PR firm are some of the most talented people in the world. Like, he always drums up attention around himself and has an amazing social media presentation as well. Going back to Deadpool, those ads were some of the most creative and interesting ads, and now this... Even as a troll, I'm sure people were 100% convinced that this was an actual thing, which it is, but it's also a farce too. Basically, this is to generate more buzz around a wireless company he bought stake in, and I'm sure it'll work. And you can check out the service and enjoy an amazing 80 minutes of Ryan Reynolds. Ryan also has his own gin if you're into that type of alcohol. I'm not, but it's called Aviation Gin as well, which was cameoed in the Netflix original movie Six Underground. Go watch it, it's amazing. But thankfully, he doesn't have a stake in Fortnite right now, though. On the Fortnite tip, Apple and Google removed Fortnite from their respective app stores. And now Epic is suing Apple. Apple has removed Epic Games Battle Royale Fortnite from the app store after the developer on Thursday implemented its own in-app payment system that bypasses Apple's standard 30% fee. The decision marks a significant escalation in the feud between Epic and one of the world's most dominant mobile software marketplaces. It comes at a bad time for Apple as the iPhone maker navigates the antitrust concerns over the operation of its app store and the rules it imposes on certain developers. Epic implemented its own payment system and Android version of Fortnite as well, no doubt prompting Google to also remove the app from their store. Looks like the big dogs are starting to come out swinging for their share of the wealth. I mean... As a developer myself, I get it. You're trying to keep as much money in your pocket as possible, but I also see it from the marketplaces side as well. Epic has to pay for their space within the respective marketplaces. It's just the cost of doing business. It's no different than a shop in a mall not wanting to pay the rent for their space. Epic needs to pay their rent. 
just shut up, deal with it, and stop trying to be greedy because your game is dying. <laughs> yeah, Dave. Shots fired, but fair counter in my opinion. I also saw that Facebook is battling Apple's App Store fee system as well for hurting small businesses during this pandemic by not reducing the standard fee for its new events feature, which apparently allows businesses the ability to charge users for live video streams, which makes sense because most conferences now are moving to a digital format because of COVID-19. But Apple didn't agree to waive its 30% fee for transaction processing, and it won't let Facebook process the payments on its own. Google didn't waive its 30% fee either, but they are letting Facebook use its own payment product. It's nice of Facebook to support small businesses and creators by not collecting any fees from the paid online events. For at least the time being, small businesses will get to keep 100% of the revenue they generate from these paid online events. I'm not sure if this is Facebook trying to make itself look like a hero or something right now, but what people have to realize is these are businesses and corporate conglomerates where their only mission is to find a way to get the money that's in your pocket into theirs. And if I'm a business owner and I'm not having to pay fees temporarily, then yay. But there's the issue that's going to come up from this. When all of this COVID shit is over with, these people that started their businesses while Facebook was offering these free transactions are going to be outraged when they reinstitute a fee for using their services. Mark it down. I said it here. We'll see it when the change happens. One thing I've learned, nothing in business is free. If an item or service is worth anything, it's worth paying for. And I get what Facebook is trying to do and it's noble, but they're setting themselves up for a firestorm. I think it's a good play on Facebook's part to offer some help in the current times. Hopefully going forward, they'll keep some increased benefits for small businesses helping them grow while not charging them full-on corporate rates. A two-tiered or even multi-tiered system Fostering the growth potential of small businesses by reducing fees could be a big win for everyone as I see it. Us here at a gaming moment get it as well. We're technically a small business too, dealing with startup costs and fees, and we'd like ours reduced as well. But we're also cognizant to the fact that these services we use have to make money too. Again, fees are simply the cost of doing business. You know who else knows about the cost of doing business? Razor. You mean like the new Razer Naga left-handed edition? It's back and updated for 2020 and better than ever. I'm sure it's challenging making a left-handed mouse. That is a money-losing proposition. There's always a huge upfront cost in the design and production of any consumer electronic product. Historically, the sale of left-handed mouses, mices, mices? Not really sure how you say that, but they hardly ever approach break-even. But Razer isn't just any company. Razer says there are things more important to us than money. This has been the struggle for lefty gamers. Not many companies want to invest in technologies for those whose dominant hand is not their right. Mainly because the R&D costs are far more than what the ROI is. But it's good that Razer is at least appealing to the left-handed community, and they should have the same advantages as right-hand dominant players. It's good to see that with some business decisions, it's not about the direct return, but the indirect return. And I'll explain it like this. You're offering products to a community who largely does not have products aimed at them. Now you're building that rapport and getting more people using and endorsing your product. Smart play by them, and I love when businesses think past the direct returns. Guys, if you've been enjoying the podcast and would like to support us so we can keep creating more content, we've started a Patreon that you can visit at patreon.agamingmoment.com. Become a patron and gain exclusive benefits such as early access to episodes, monthly AMAs, and an additional monthly bonus episode. So sign up today. 
Hey, Wildy, did you catch any of Shroud's streams this past week since coming back to Twitch? Uh, not, not really, but I did see a picture of him sporting the manliest of facial hairs. Yeah, it was great. Doc posted at the time what I thought was a random pick of Adam Sandler's character in Uncut Gems. I had to dive into the comments a little bit to get the context. Once I saw he was low-key referencing Shroud, that had me rolling on the ground laughing. Someone else posted a pic of Shroud side-by-side -side with Ray Romano from Everyone Loves Raymond, and they both had the same goatee, and they titled it Everyone Loves Shroud. I had a good chuckle about it, and if you haven't seen it, you should check it out on our Twitter where we shared the post. Another follow-up from Episode 4. The U.S. Army is back on Twitch, and it's not going well for them. The Twitch chat is once again being flooded with comments about war crimes, and this time it seems there's no efforts being made to stop them. Chat can be brutal. We'll see what Twitch is going to do about this, if they're going to step in and help handle the moderation, or if they're just going to permaban the channel altogether. And to be honest, I'm not opposed to the banhammer option. I think having a channel for branches of the military is just an overall bad idea because there's so many people who feel so different about what they do, and there's not going to be a clean way to manage the comments there. I mean, overall, you just can't have people constantly spamming chat with crappy, unhelpful messages. It's not like they're official spokespersons. I'm not a fan of the trolls in this situation, but you can also not have an unmoderated chat. And for our final follow-up of the week, Microsoft has confirmed the new Xbox will be released in November of this year. And I'm already saving my money for this release. I haven't quite decided if I'm going to pre-order or not, Maybe surprise myself with an early Christmas gift. But here's what I do know. I'm getting the damn thing. End of story. Hate on me for not being PC Master Race all you want. But I tell you what. There's 12-year-old kids playing on Xbox and PlayStation that are destroying elite PC gamers on COD. I started off as a console gamer, and I still love my console. Besides, I pay for Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, and all the benefits for that subscription are on the console. So don't look down on me, you PC elitists. Hey now, hey now, PC Master Race isn't about looking down on console gamers. It's just about acknowledging that PCs are superior. You can be a member without even owning a PC. Sure, but with the new consoles on the verge of release, the statement that PCs are superior to consoles might prove to be a more interesting argument for the first time in history. With the launch of the new Xbox and PlayStation, we're certainly not done debating this subject. And I'm super excited to see how they actually compare. It's gonna be fun. Hey guys, if you haven't already, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram so you can engage with us and find out when we're going to be streaming the podcast and get a first listen before it goes out across all podcasting platforms. So do it. Well, Wildy, now that you mentioned it, there's no better reason to hit us up on the social medias than the top questions of the week. So question number one, Wildy, what is your favorite type of taco? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I'll tell you what. I'm going to skip the American tacos, a.k.a. the Taco Bell style taco, because I'm not hating on Taco Bell for save. But let's get me some real Mexican style tacos. I don't think there's a meat that they can't turn into something delicious. And I think they can take even a cheap cut of meat and just turn it into the best thing you've ever eaten. It's kind of like a mystery meat taco. I'm down. I love those small corn tortillas. The meat, the onions, the cilantro with some of that spicy salsa on top, plus the little squeeze of lime to finish it off. It's just heaven. 
I'm in the same boat, Wildy. I love, 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 love tacos de trompo, or some places call it tacos al pastor. Basically, what it is is it's a marinade that that pork gets marinated in, and it turns the pork red. And it's either grilled on a flat top, this is the al pastor version, or on a turning spindle like a like a gyro, this is what makes it trompo. And put it in a tortilla with some onion, cilantro, topped with some lime and a nice green salsa. Oh, my God, that is heaven. Every time I go to Mexico, I can probably down like, I don't know, 10 or 11 of those things because they're so they're so cheap and they're so good when I go. Um, absolute best thing you'll ever have. Yeah, they're not the, they're not that cheap here in Minnesota. You know, they're going to set you back two, two and a half bucks a piece, but you can still eat like 10 of them. So, yeah, it's yeah. so spendy. Okay, Day, would you rather give up carbs or gaming for a year? Ooh. Well, my belly would tell you I need to give up carbs for a year, so I'm going to go with that because gaming for me is a mental health thing. It breaks up the routine of my day and how I socialize with people. As you know, Wildy, I work from home, so during the week I'm pretty much stuck at home all day every day, and games are what keeps me from going stir-crazy. Carbs, on the other hand, those things stick around in my belly and I'm tired of looking at them. So I'll get rid of carbs for a year, all day, every day. Unfortunately, that means giving up my tacos, too. How about you, Wally? Are you giving up carbs or are you giving up games? Well, we're already certainly headed towards the low-carb lifestyle now. We've done it before, and I'm, I'm quite honestly, I'm fine with it. I may not really like it overall, I can, but I can easily live without carbs. I mean, overall, you still get to eat really tasty things like bacon, ribeye steaks, and most importantly, avocados. But honestly, I'm kind of waiting out our Instagram thing. We're doing a 12 days of the state fair. And I mean, I'm not cutting the, the carbs for the state fair. So, you know, I'm going to make these foods. I'm going to eat these foods. So probably after about Labor Day, you'll see me 20 carbs or less a day. And uh, that's going to be how it is. And uh, I'm never giving up gaming. So gaming in this outlet for me, it's a release for me. Uh, I'll be gaming in some fashion until my final days. It's a part of me, and no question, I'll be doing it forever. Sounds good. And last and final question of this week, what's the one thing you're missing from your streaming setup that you put off buying for no reason? Well, you know, uh, this is kind of funny, and uh, it's almost even sad. I, I can maybe pan over here to, to see this, but uh, I have no cat tower anymore, and my poor cat actually i think really enjoys hanging out with me on stream like she doesn't really hang out with me any other time but i used to always have a cat tower here the kids took the cat tower back so now it's in their room and i no longer have a cat tower for my stream but my cat still likes to hang out with me here which is pretty cool because i've never been a cat person in fact we never had a cat till about two years ago now we have two so right now, I'm kind of thinking the thing my stream needs more than anything possible is a cat tower again for my cat. And uh, it's a little bit goofy, but when I'm shopping and I go look at cat towers, I can't quite tell what my cat really wants. And I'm not really sure if I'm just being stupid and picky or if my cat will care or not or whatever. Right now, she's sitting on a chair with a blanket on it. She's probably not too picky, so... I'm probably just being a little bit silly about it, but for me, I need the cat cam for my stream. How about you, Dave? What's that one piece that you're missing for your stream that you haven't bought for no good reason? 
You mean besides one of those schnazzy a gaming moment posters or canvases that uh, that we've got on our merch store now, which I will pick one up pretty soon. That is a promise. But the the thing that I, that I've been putting off the most is um, actually the dummy battery for my Canon M50. And the, the reason is, is like I feel my Razer Kio still works well. You know, I use a green screen so it won't get that super sexy bokeh effect in the background, which is why most people use these nice DSLRs as webcams in the first place. So uh, but I did actually, as of today, just get it ordered. So I'll have it tomorrow. And um, guys, check out the stream at uh, twitch.tv slash Dagan07 to see how it looks. Like I said, right now I'll be using it as a uh, with the green screen, but eventually I'm going to change my stream setup so that I'll have a background and getting and kind of getting rid of the green screen in the back, so that uh, I can get that super sexy bokeh effect in the background. Guys, if you want your question featured on the podcast, be sure to hit us up or leave a comment on one of our social platforms. So that's going to be it for this episode, guys. Make sure you check out either Wildies or my stream to catch us playing Fall Guys, and we'll keep bringing you more info about the new 3000 GPUs as we get the information on them. Also, as I've stated, we started a merch store where you can get some of that sweet, sweet swag with that sweet, sweet logo that everyone loves. Yeah, our logo. So go pick up a shirt, hoodie, apron, or hat from merch.agamingmoment.com. Thank you guys for listening in and supporting us. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting platform and be sure to check back every Tuesday for new episodes. Until next time, keep grinding.